So, <clears throat> I've had some interesting dreams lately. The one I just woke up from was was interesting because I felt like, um, for one, John Jones and Mark Coleman, Mark the Hammer Coleman, were in this dream. And uh, I thought that was interesting because it was like they were visiting me <laughs> and I was... Allowing them to stay in my basement. And I don't even have a basement. So. But. I don't know. It was weird. And then I was thinking like. I'm going to make an Airbnb. With like a. a octagon ring. And. and <laughs> it like a big Airbnb. With like. Octagon octagon ring so if um UFC fighters or you know boxers want to um rent out the Airbnb they can train in the ring so that was comical and um somehow that dream went into like Another dream where I guess I was going to train with somebody and um, I don't know, I think they were distracted by watching TV so we didn't get to train or whatever and then um, I had a whole bunch of like missed phone calls in my phone two or three um, days worth or something of calls that I had missed. It did. <sighs> something come up. I guess there was like something that happened that went like viral or something like that of some guy that I guess he was in like a upstairs apartment or something and like a whole bunch of people like t like a, a huge group of people you know well huge enough to where it, it, it overcrowded his apartment so I'm guessing maybe like 20 30 40 people something like that men We're like chasing him up into his apartment. And once he got into his apartment, um, you know, there was nowhere else for him to, to go. And they were coming in the apartment after him. And he just started laying them out one by one. So every time someone came up to him, he cracked them, they went to sleep. And he did this for like all, all the whole group of them, 20, 30, 40 people that... He just kept coming in and he just kept laying them out, knocking them out, knocking them out. And it was like um, the police didn't do um, the police didn't do anything. Um, I mean, to the to that guy or whatever. And um, so I don't know, but then I remember. I all of a sudden was like sitting at this table in his kitchen 
It was like a table that was against the like you go up the stairs right to the apartment as soon as you go in the apartment uh on the right side there's like a window but that was like the real small kitchen so right under the window was like a little table and it just had three chairs because the table was against the window so you couldn't have a fourth chair there and um then it was just like the little kitchen behind them just like the counter the sink and then the fridge behind like the middle chair and then it was the living room um, so as soon as you go into the door like right to the right was this little small opening for like the kitchen which was probably just like the size of a storage closet or a really small small room like a the size of a bathroom or something like that and I'm guessing right after the kitchen was the bedroom but as soon as you go in straight, that was the whole living room to, like, the left. And, uh, I guess I was sitting at the table and someone was telling me, like, yeah, you know, Grey Manor, Grey Manor. And I'm like, yeah, I think I just heard something about that or whatever. I was like, well, he should be here in a second. So I was like, oh, I guess I'm here. You know what I mean? Like, so I remember seeing, like, the video or whatever from like I don't know dreams are weird like that but um so I guess he came in and like I was talking to him and then the immediate feeling that I got was like this was a dude that was just like caught up in the street life and you know like the whole setting just made me feel like you know back in the days when I was a drug dealer and <laughs> I just went to like you know, when I was always dropping off drugs to different people, I was always popping up in, like, little hood apartments like this and, you know, dropping off packages or whatever. And sometimes, you know, you're waiting for whoever to show up. And sometimes when you get there, you know, like, to me, it was, it was, it, it, it was like, nostalgic of that environment. You know what I mean? Like, maybe he called me, like, man, just... I'll be there in like 20 minutes. I'm stuck in traffic. My mom's there. She'll let you in or whatever. You know, that was like the vibe because this dude, this kid, Greg Manor, his mom was there. And it was like some other people was there, like his friends or probably some other people that was waiting on him to cop off him or something like that. So that was the vibe. But it wasn't like pronounced like that's what why I was there what was going on like I really don't even know why I was there dreams are weird like that you know and I don't let that lifestyle no more so but you know it was like this big thing and they were like yeah man he went viral and you know he knocked all these dudes out can you believe it and they and this dude Greg Manor he was Caucasian and all the dudes that were coming to attack him were African-American dudes, like, from the neighborhood. And you could tell he was in a bad neighborhood. And um, and at the, I remember, like, the video that I seen before I was in this dude's actual apartment. In the video I seen, there was, you could see how he laid all these dudes around and they were just falling on top of each other. And um, so, like, you knew his whole apartment was just, like, stacked with, like, bodies from all these dudes that were trying to attack him and he was not laying them out 
Now, I'm sure there's metaphors to this because dreams are symbolic and I'm already picking up on kind of what it what the theme is because I've been having these these similar theme type dreams with like fighting. And, you know, I, I don't know if you remember the dream that I was telling you about where I was actually in the octagon ring and I was fighting um, my opponent, which I believe was the devil that I was fighting. And I was, I was, I was whipping on a bat. Like I was just, his, his whole body was contorted from like all of the submission moves I was putting on him. But the referee was distracted so he couldn't count me as the winner yet. But I knew it was, was going to happen. But the referee was distracted by Satan's demons that were outside of the ring trying to distract him. So in that dream, like I knew I had the victory. I knew I was winning. I was just waiting, waiting for the referee, right? So that that's like kind of symbolic of what, what's going on now. And then with this dream, it was just like it was somebody else, you know, that was going through, you know, these trials and tribulations in his life. You know, like he was in the streets and maybe he wasn't trying to be in the streets no more and the demons were attacking him. And he was doing what the Lord wanted wants us all to do, which is... Keep fighting, keep praying, you know, keep uh, living a pure, holy and righteous lifestyle. Just keep being obedient, you know, and um, another thing is, too, is um, I I did see like, a, you know how they got those minute clips on YouTube? I did see this minute clip and it was a Joe Rogan. I don't I don't get into Joe Rogan, I think. I'm pretty sure, like, he sold out, you know, just because, like, when I was doing some research on him, I found, like, an old video where he was, like, basically saying that he would sell his soul to the Illuminati and he would tell people whatever they wanted to hear if they let him in the club. And whether he's being funny or not, it was just ironic that years later, you know, he takes all these interviews that he was doing with the UFC fighters and then sells it to Spotify, you know, and I don't know if any of those UFC fighters are getting a cut, you know, from that. Usually in those types, in those types of situations, it's like, it's considered just like promotion for whoever is at the radio station or whatever, you know what I mean? So, um, my phone keeps shutting down. The screen keeps black, blacking out. Actually, I do know. But uh, we have the victory. <clears throat> so, yeah. Um, it was just weird because um, I'm a, how the dream kind of spins off a little bit. So, yeah, I was talking. Gray Manor came in and he was kind of like the star and. And then he was like, man, what people don't know is when, when all these guys first coming in, he was like, my mom started, my mom, he like, my mom started laying them out first. And I'm like, what? And I was thinking, I'm like, you know, why they're telling me the story, you know, I'm like, man, you got the touch of God in you, bro. <laughs> like, you like Samson, bro. Like, you just laid everybody out. I don't know if I told him he was like Samson, but I definitely was saying something like, he had like the touch of God in his hands. I'm like. Uh, and he's like, I'm like, did you, I'm like, I'm surprised you aren't, uh, you ain't a UFC fighter, man. I'm like, 
all those guys that you just knocked out, like them 30, 40 dudes that you just knocked out and, and one sitting and one, and one day, you know what I mean? Like in, in a matter of like 10 minutes or whatever, that, that could have probably netted you like millions and millions of dollars in the UFC. You know? So I was like joking with him like that. He's like, yeah, man, all kinds of um, UFC gyms have been reaching out to me, man. He was like, it's crazy. Like, a lot of people have been calling me, and he's like, everybody's, you know, reaching out to me or whatever. <clears throat> he's like, but my mom, he's like, when they first came in, my mom was the, the one that was the first one that started dropping them. And because as my mom, you know, I took over, and I started laying them out, you know. <clears throat> so at this point, I went and sat on, on the couch and um, I think he left again or something. He was like in and out because he was busy doing stuff. And then like his friends would come in. So I would see some of his friends come in and they were all excited. Like you could tell there was a, the energy was in the air. Like they were buzzing because of <clears throat> the victory this guy had. And then you could imagine how the whole <laughs> neighborhood, like you know how it is in like the hood, like the word gets around quick. You know what I mean? And it def definitely does give you like uh, an aura, you know what I mean? Like when things like this happen, like this happened with me actually one time where um, something similar <clears throat> where I was taking my friend, he was uh, he wanted to come and record music with me. <clears throat> and I was like, well, we could get beats online, but the problem is when we deal with these producers online, they can resell the beat, so you can't really trust them. Like, even if we do the paperwork and they send us the stems and all of that, they can still go against their word. It's hard to trust them. Now, like, I know a couple people in the hood, they'll be easier to manage because if they do do something like that, we know where they live and we can go confront them. Whereas with people online, <clears throat> we can't do nothing about it. So I call my dude and I'm like, hey, man, you want to sell some beats, you know? And he was like, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, same kind of situation. He lived in the hood. He lived, he lived in Nelson Park Apartments, which is like a hood area, even though it's like in the middle of Bexley. That's kind of how Bexley is. Like, it'd be super multi-million dollar homes. And then <clears throat> you go down the street. Even You can cross the street. And then there's just like a little section where it's just like a little Section 8 neighborhood, you know? And for some reason, they don't never really cross paths. Because I think, for the most part, um, people in the hood know, like, it's instant jail. <laughs> like, if they, even go, if they even go across the street and walk on the property or anything, like, you just know you're not supposed to be on that side of the street. You know what I mean? <clears throat> but um, anyway, um, so I went over there with him, and this was a similar situation. It was a whole bunch of dudes outside. You know what I mean? I would say probably like 10, 15 dudes just in a parking lot, getting high, hanging out, drinking, you know, doing what they do. And my friend, I don't know, I guess he thought it, he was trying to, you know, be entrepreneurial, but he was doing things where he was buying bottles of liquor and he was selling shots. So he kind of pretty much turned his his apartment into a, a spot that attracted, you know, everybody that's sinning, you know what I mean? Living a sinful lifestyle. <clears throat> and they would come over there to get shots. And um, he also was selling weed and stuff like that. And 
I actually went to the same neighborhood to, to buy my weed, you know, from uh, a guy out there. So <clears throat> anyways, um, I took took my friend over there. I won't say the dude's name because it's probably embarrassing for him, but I guess his uncle just got out of prison and I found out later that they, from other guys in that neighborhood, they were saying like, oh man, he got raped by his uncle when he was a kid. You know, they was like, one time we was just over there kicking with him and out of nowhere, he just started crying and started, you know, basically um, confessing that to his friends he didn't realize those weren't his friends. And obviously he probably didn't realize like that atmosphere and that environment. Um, anything you say can will be used against you. And people do, you know, put people just gossip a lot, you know, uh, everywhere. But in smaller like areas like this and small apartment complexes like that, everybody knows everybody's business. Nobody's working because everybody's on welfare. So they really don't got nothing else better to do than to get in trouble because their bills are paid by the welfare checks. So, you know, some people try to hustle, but a lot of times they just got a lot of downtime and they're just sitting on the porches talking about everybody. Everybody talks about everybody, <clears throat> judges each other, gossips and talks about each other. So, yeah, <clears throat> I was noticing that <clears throat> and it kind of shocked me too because you know, the perceptions, you know, it's, I pull up in Mercedes Benz, I pull up in different cars or <clears throat> stuff like that. And, you know, so, you know, I'm, I'm moving more weight than he was moving. He was kind of like nickel and dime on it. And I was doing like, you know, more than that. So <clears throat> there's a perception. So maybe I felt like I don't know. I don't know why they were telling me this stuff. This was all after the fight. But um, anyway, um, the, his uncle was there. And his while he was trying to go through the beats, playing the beats for my friend to, to pick from. And my friend's like, yeah, I like this. I don't like that one. Maybe you put this one in the folder. I'll get that one. My friend was there to spend money. We was basically just doing it on a handshake. We weren't doing like any agreements or anything like that. Just because I knew this guy from another friend, a close friend of mine that I was dealing with for years, 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 years. That was his um, half brother, his stepbrother. So they had like the same mom, different dads. <clears throat> but um, so it felt like, you know, this was a good guy to do business with because we could trust him or whatever. At least we thought we could trust him. You never really know if you can or can't, but, um, you know, in this situation, we, if the beast that we got, we probably would have beat anybody else to the punch as far as, you know, copywriting it and publishing it and releasing it. So whereas maybe somebody else in the neighborhood may just be freestyling on it and may not really do nothing serious with the beat. So it was a little bit of a safety net, but while we was doing this, his uncle was, Going behind him, wrapping his arms around him, lifting him up, but his his uncle's private area was rubbing up against the back of you know this guy's you know rear rear end area, <clears throat> and his uncle was probably like you know probably like my size, like five eleven, 
you know, six foot, five ten, somewhere around there. And the guy that we that we, the producer, the guy we was getting the beats from, this guy's six six, six foot six, big skinny guy. You know what I mean? But he's skinny, you know, and uh, this guy is you know, I guess strong enough to keep lifting him up. But in my mind, I'm like. Our producer could take care of this guy easily. For one, this guy's in his apartment. He could tell him to leave. He could, you know, but this guy seemed to have like mind control over him. And I finally started speaking up. I'm like, hey, man, can you calm down 10 minutes? Could you get it together so we could just do our business and leave? And then he put him down or whatever. And he's like, I don't like you. And I'm like, that's cool. All right. That's, that's fine. You know, you don't have to like me. I'm not here for you. I'm here to to do some business. And I'm just and I'm trying to tell my friend, I'm like, bro, can you get this dude out of here so we can conduct business? Like I'm trying to spend money with you. You don't want me to spend money. I'll leave. And uh the dude was saying something like, man, as soon as you walk out that front door, man, we going in your pockets. And I'm like, ain't nobody and I'm like, ain't nobody going in my pockets. You know what I'm saying? And um Something happened to where I ha- I had to like I mean I had to leave at some point but I don't know what was going on I think my friend I was with he got scared he got panicky and he said he was out of there so <clears throat> I think he tried to leave and I was going to go with him <clears throat> they let him go out to his car and then as soon as I tried to go out the front door they all tried to go in my pockets <clears throat> they was sticking their hand in my pocket I think some dude groped me. You know what I mean? Like, it was straight demonic. And so I knew I couldn't go out there. I was going to get bopped. So I went back inside. And when I went back inside, um, um, the dude, the uncle dude, he came in after me. As soon as he came in after me, I pieced him up real bad to the point to where the producer and my friend, which is his stepbrother, tried to get between me and their uncle. And mind you, their uncle is not like an old, old dude. Their uncle is like, you know, some people have young uncles. You know what I mean? So their uncle was all around, like, we were all around the same age. You know what I mean? But I guess I, like, dislocated his jaw or broke his jaw or fractured his jaw or something. I didn't find out until, like, the next day. They said he came back and his whole face was messed up and he had to go to the hospital and all that but <clears throat> I'm not proud of that you know I'm just saying it was just like the adrenaline was pumping you know what I mean and um even after that the dude um I would try to go out the front door because they ended up pushing him out the door and then he tried to come through the front door and he had a gun so as soon as he came through the front door with the gun as soon as the door opened and I seen him pulling pulling up the the gun to try to shoot me I I kicked the gun and uh, like football, t- kicked his hand with the gun in it, and like football tackled him away from the gun. So kicked the gun out of his hand, and then football tackled him onto the the couch real hard. You know what I mean? Hard, hard to where I heard him like, Ugh! and it took him a second to get up. So I knew I had maybe like two, three second um, head start. You know what I mean? And I, I, and I knew that as soon as he got up off the couch, he was going to go to scramble to try to get the gun. And that was enough time for me to, to, to take off. And 
Um, I took off running out the complex. You know, I could hear that they, he was trying to get them to all come chase me. Uh, but yeah, by the grace of God, I was able to get out there, hop the fence, get to like the main road. And, um, uh, my friend, you know, he was waiting at the, the intersection, like way, way down the street, you know, miles away, you know? So by the time I got some, I was just gas. I couldn't even talk or breathe or whatever. And he was like, I, you know, I don't know, you know? It was all dumb stuff. But anyways, it was a similar situation to that dream. And then that dream, like when uh, the dude's mom was telling me uh, what was going on, I was sitting on the couch. And she was like, yeah, um, you know, the police got everybody out of here except the, this guy under the couch. And I'm like, under the couch? And I looked and I seen a black dude under the couch. And I'm like, what? And she's like, nah, he's not dead. And I'm like, because the first thing I thought, like, man, this dude's dead. Like, he's still knocked out. This was like, you know, I don't know how soon I was there after all this stuff had happened. You know what I mean? But I was just trying to think in my head, like, I know people get knocked out, but they usually don't get knocked out for this long. You know what I mean? But, you know, you do go to sleep. You know what I mean? So some people do sleep longer than others. As soon as she said he's not dead, I'm like, man, he's probably dead. So I look and I see him and he's not moving. And so I'm like, dang, this dude's dead. They got a dead body in the house. So I scoot, I get up off the couch and I sit on the arm of the couch. And she's like sitting at the other chair by the coffee table or whatever. And as soon as I get up off the couch and sit on the arm of the couch, I see the cushion go up and down a little bit. So I could tell the dude was alive. He was breathing. And then I seen him move a little bit and moan, like, uh, and I'm like, oh, dang, he is alive, you know. And so, um, next thing I know, um, the dude, Gray Manor, I don't know if that name's significant. I tried to look it up in Strong's Concordance. I really couldn't find nothing uh, with the word together. I, then I just did Gray by itself, and it was just talking about, like, gray hair. And then I think I did Manor, and I don't know if anything popped up or not. But, um... Sorry. So anyway, um, um, this dude wakes up a little bit, and uh, some of Gray Banner's friends are in there, and they're like, his mom was like, "Well, he's he's waking up," and so they just yanked him up, you know, aggressively, and uh, he was like, he couldn't even walk straight, like he couldn't get his his ankles and feet to work, you know. So they were kind of like. Holding them up. Two people were trying to hold them up. And so. Uh, and then. Um, she was. Looking at me or something. And I thought she was giving me the look. Like she wanted me to. Take care of that. And I'm like you want me to take care of that. So I'm thinking she wants. Because this dude, the, all these dudes were aggressive. Like these dudes were trying to come attack her son. You know what I mean. And um. And she's like, nah, nah, he's out, he's out, he's gone, you know, he's out of it, he can't do nothing, you know. So, um, but he kind of turned back and looked at me, he was like, oh, I'm gonna get you. And then they just, they just took him out, like, his friends, his guy, these other Caucasian dudes, young dudes, you know what I mean? Um, probably like early 20s or something like that, 
just laughing and stuff, and they just they took him out, you know. One thing about his friends, man, they had a glow to them, you know what I mean? Like, they were full of life, you know what I mean? Glowing with life. So that's why I'm like, they definitely seem young, but their cheeks seem rosy, their eyes seem filled with light, they seem like they were super excited and had a lot of energy. So I'm like, all right, you know. Um, oh, anyway. So, yeah, that was that. And then I ended up going downstairs outside of the apartment. And I noticed his apartment was kind of like on a hill. So while I was on the hill, um, I noticed down the hill were huge groups of people. Like these, these, these were way more than what Gray Manor was dealing with, you know, by, um, with, it was just him and his mom in the apartment, you know? And I, I don't know where Gray Manor is at this time, either, you know what I mean? But I know he has some friends there, you know? And one thing I noticed, like all these groups of people, they were like different type of gangs. So it looked like there was a whole bunch of Chinese guys right and just different like nationalities of other groups of people but they were all the enemy and they were all they all came up there to fight and that's exactly what happened like they all we we all started fighting so it was just like a huge mobs of people different groups to where all of them couldn't be on the hill at the same time so we're fighting them i'm throwing them down the hill I'm uh, taking one guy and put throwing him in front of me. So the guy's attacking me, hit him. And we're just fighting, 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 you know. And um, next thing I know is I see a couple of the guys that are, I guess, with Gray Manor, his friends. Um. They're they're mopping guys, just like Gray Manor was mopping them. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, damn, man, all these guys could fight. You know what I mean? Like they fighting. They some fighters, you know. And I'm fighting with them and stuff, you know what I mean? And I'm actually wondering if I'm getting hurt because I'm I, at some point I don't even know. I know I'm getting hit, I know I'm getting attacked. But I you ever wonder, like when you hurt yourself, you take a second that to, to actually figure out if you're actually hurt or not like do i feel any pain right now you know what i mean because sometimes something happens like you might stub your toe and you don't feel no pain right away so then you take a second to kind of like see if you feel the pain and then you're like ah and then you feel it i even notice little kids do that a lot it's like almost like kids learn pain like a kid a little kid could fall down i'm talking like a baby or a toddler fall down and depending on your they might look at you to see what your reaction is and if you don't give them no reaction, like, oh, babe, poor baby, are you okay? And then they start crying. But if you don't do that, you just like, you all right? And you just look away or whatever. Then they just get back up like nothing happened. So I noticed that with kids at an early age, you know, like categorizing the experience to, to how they should react to it. You know what I mean? And probably initially that's what, at that age, that's kind of like what happens, you know, um, I know my dad was like that. He never, he never like babied me, babied me about anything. You know what I mean? Um, 
actually just the opposite. Like, if I did cry, he'd yell at me. You know what I mean? So, I kind of learned not to, you know, show any, like, uh, wimpy emotions around my dad. You know? Um, again, I had one time, too, where um, some I had, like, three or four kids chasing me home from school to try to jump me. And I'm running home, and I, I, when I'm when I get get um get close to my door, um my I see my dad and his girlfriend looking out the window, so they see him being chased by kids. As soon as I open the door, he pushed it shut and locked the door on me. And my heart dropped. Like I was devastated that he did that to me. And I and I turned around and I there's these three, four kids there. And I'm like, wow. And like I I didn't have enough time to like really be in shock too long about my dad doing that to me because I'm used to, I was used to being treated like that by everybody, my dad, my sisters and, you know, his girlfriend, I mean, my sister, I do have sisters, but one I never grew up with, but my sister and, uh, his girlfriend and, um, so I was kind of used to that. And, uh, I had to fight these three kids by myself. And then, yeah, I, 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 I beat them up and, um, you know, quickly as possible, you know, throat punch, solar plexus in the chest, knock the breath out of them and kick them in the nuts. Those were like the three main things that I did, you know, as, as a kid, I just try to end fights quick. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not really trying to be wrestling and tussling with you street fights are different you know what i mean that's like when when i was going to the mma gym i was seeing all these guys and they're thinking they was tough and i'm just like these guys aren't tough you know what i mean like they're in here with pads on and you know you got 16 ounce gloves you know maybe 14 ounce or maybe you're wearing an mma glove which is like a four ounce glove or whatever like that but you know i'm poking people in our eyes you know what i mean like i'm kicking you in your nuts I'm biting, you know what I mean? Like, I just learned all kinds of things. <laughs> Street fighting, you know, dramming my my thumb into your armpit, just finding pressure points, you know what I mean? Um, same thing with, like, the back of your knee. And anyway, I'm not trying to get into all that, but I just learned a lot of, a lot of things. Like, one thing, too, I always wonder is, like, when people get picked up, I learned how to get out of that early. You know what I mean? Like, as soon as someone, like, wraps their arms around me to where they're clasping their own hand, I just break the pinky. Immediately break their pinky. Like, if you're going to grab me, I'm going to break I'm gonna break your wrist. Like, if I break that, if I grab your pinky and I pull it back hard enough, I'm going to break your wrist. I've done it before many times. You know what I mean? And it's painful from what they, from, from their reactions. I can tell they're in a lot of pain when I do that. And, uh, but they learn and then they're not, they're not going to be able to grab me for the rest of the fight. So yeah, I'll always do that in fights real quick. Um, so if you want to keep fighting, you're already really hurt, you know, and I've grabbed some of these esophagus and got my fingers behind the esophagus and, and yanked on it to try to like detach it in their throat and then they can't breathe. So I'm, I'm super nasty in street fights cause I had to be because I'm always, I was always getting jumped. And I don't have time to sit there and, and, and tussle with each individual person. So I have to shut you, each one of you down super quick and get away. And that's what I did like with these 
think it was three dudes. I think it was four dudes, but only three of them attacked me. That's what I think it was. Yeah, so it was four guys. One was the brother, and he was, like, just tagging along. You could tell he was probably the good guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? At the wrong place, wrong time. And then the other three dudes were just the bad dudes. You know what I mean? And even then, I remember, like, my dad asked me, like, what did you do? And I'm like, I didn't do nothing. And nobody ever believed me. And it really was that way. Like, people would literally just look at me and be like, I don't like you. And this is important because I'm going to talk about this pastor. And I'm going to try to be positive about it. But anyway, um, we was all fighting these guys on the hill in the dream. And I noticed... One dude, a mob of dudes was on him. I couldn't see him no more. And then, bam, it was just like the Matrix movie. Same thing with Neo. All the, the Agent Smiths were on him. You didn't see him for a second. And then, bam, he flew up in the sky. And all these people just, like an explosion. Like he exploded. Like a bomb went off. And all those dudes that were on him just blew up around him. And he shot up in the air. And that's exactly what happened in this dream. Except the dude that was shooting up in the air, all of his clothes ripped off in the process of him flying up. And I seen the blue suit with the Superman logo on it. And I'm like, Superman? <laughs> and then I looked around and then it started happening with the other guys. Because it was only like, it was probably like five, maybe four or five of us against like hundreds and hundreds of dudes mopping us. And boom, 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 just explosion after explosion. And then I I was like looking, I was thinking, I'm like, you know what? I can fly. This is a dream. This is because every time every time I'm in a dream, it takes a long time for me to figure out like I'm in the dream. And every time I know I'm in the dream, that's the first thing I do is fly. That's how I know I'm in the dream because I can't fly here. You know what I mean? So boom, soon I start seeing all that, I flew up in the sky. And I flew up and I still had my clothes on. So I didn't see my clothes didn't burst off and I didn't see like the Superman suit on me and I woke up. So that was that dream. And mind you, I had a dream when I backslid or whatever that I got left behind. And in that dream, I didn't want to talk about it right away because I was depressed. You guys probably heard a song I posted called Eclipse. I'm an artist, you know what I mean? So I'm just used to expressing my emotions through music and, um, it's not always right. You know, people will always tell somebody that's depressed in a negative state, you know, they'll, you know, I'm sure they're trying to be helpful. Like, you know, you got to be, it's the power of words and you can't say this and you can't say that. And, you know, you know, don't, it's just different. You know, it's always a personal thing. You know, when you are where you are, you're there and it doesn't really matter what other people say to try to encourage you. You might not take it that way. You might just be annoyed with it. You might just be like, you know what? Just get away with, from me. I'm not feeling your all happy, uppity vibes. It's actually pretty appalling. It's disgusting. Just get away. I want to be alone in my grief. I want to be alone in my depression. I want to sulk. I want to be a brat. I want to be a baby. Leave me alone. I'm sure I'll get over it, but not now, right? So that was kind of like the mode I was in. And... um even the engineer was like, I like those lyrics. So I never know what people are meaning because I'm so used. I've had people say things like that. I remember I did a song one time called Awoke. This was an old, old song, Awoke. I was like, Awoke, 
My mind, body, and soul. I got heat in cases. War. On the run, got my clips and gun. Live life like I'm on the run. I don't want to die today. Um, I don't know. I can't remember. It's, dude, this was from like 20 years ago. I don't even remember what mixtape it was on. It was probably like the Free Age Music mixtape or whatever. I remember Thug Queen from Ghetto Cowboy um, featured on his album. And she ended up saying something to the female engineer to where they destroyed the whole album. And that was what happened. Like um, The guy that ran the studio was mad because of what happened. Because the girl, she liked me. And basically, Thug Queen overheard me talking to my friends in, like, the lobby area about some girl that, I, that I'd messed with in the past. And I guess she thought it was a current situation, so she went and told the female engineer, her name was Yolanda Lisa, that I was cheating on her. And that actually wasn't even true. Like, I was really single at that time, and I was actually only talking to Yolanda Lisa, but... She made it seem like I was cheating on her. And then Yolanda Lisa was like crying about it and really been out of shape over it. But I even remember her. She tried to bring me to her house one time to like have sex with her. And her mom and her got into a fight. And I knew even back then, even though I didn't know God like that and I didn't know the Bible or nothing. I remember feeling like this isn't right. This is wrong. And I was even telling her like, I don't want to disrespect your mom. And do this right now. And she's like, ah, it doesn't matter. You know, I can do what I want. I'm grown. And I'm like, I remember saying like, nah, this isn't right. And we ended up doing it anyway. But I knew I didn't feel right about it. And actually, every time that I fornicated, now that I think about it, I never felt right. Like, I always felt off. I remember one, one time this light-skinned girl, like, I was super attracted to. Like, I always attracted to, like, red bones, like, light-skinned girls. <clears throat> and, um. She came over and she came over to do the business. And I told her, I'm like, nah, you know what? I don't know what I was thinking. Um, I need to be abstinent. God wants me to be pure and holy. And I didn't know the Bible. I don't I didn't know the Bible. I don't even know why I said that. You know what I mean? And she's she thought I was crazy. And she went and told my friend that I was crazy. And he was laughing at her, like, yeah, he weird, you know, he he weird, he be acting weird. But um, that's just how the world thinks, you know what I mean? So anyway, um, in the Left Behind dream, um, I knew it was like the fall. It felt like it was the fall time. And um, I, was with a, I was with a woman, and we had a newborn baby. I don't know if it was a newborn baby. It was a baby. And I remember I had the baby. I was with this lady, and when I was walking... And I knew in a dream that she was my girl and that was our kid. And the rapture happened and I, people started disappearing. And um, when I woke up from that, I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I'm getting left behind. And then I was just being negative. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm a failure. I failed my whole life. I haven't succeeded in anything. You know what I mean? So, you know, it is what it is. You know, I don't want to exist. You know, you could leave me behind, God. I get it. But at the end of the day, no matter what you say on Judgment Day, no matter what happens, if when you throw me in hell, I'm always going to blame you for making me because I don't want to exist. 
So you can do whatever you want. You can make it seem like all this stuff is our fault. You can make it seem like you're innocent. You know, you're perfect. You didn't do nothing wrong. That this is all our fault because obviously we're supposed to just know everything, even though we don't know everything. We're all guessing down here. And, uh, you know, but at the end of the day, and I'm like, you'll never change my mind. You forced me to exist against my will. And in my mind, I never had a chance of making it to heaven. I never had a chance at non-existence. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. I guess I'm doomed to go to hell. I guess I'm doomed to get left behind. So that was like my, um, you hear that harp, that beeping? See, I don't believe in coincidences, though. No God's probably like, cut it out, cut it out. You better stop, you know what I mean? But, <clears throat> so yeah, anyway, um, that was kind of like the feeling. But one thing I was trying to associate, trying to like go through my feelings and emotions during that dream and feel was, did I feel my heart drop? Did I feel that void that I know everybody's going to feel once the rapture happens? I didn't feel that. I didn't feel that. So I just think it was a warning. And obviously I don't want to continue on my sin. You know, a lot of times when I sin, it's because I'm under attack so much that when I feel like my prayers and fasting and all that stuff isn't working, I just sin because I'm mad at God. Like I willingly rebel against him. Like, you know what? I don't care. I'll, I'll go home and do this. I don't care. You know, and I know that that happened a couple of times, you know, because I was under attack so much. And it's just like, I got to tell God, I'm like, dude, you're you're putting too much pressure on me, you know? And then I always get this feeling like a lion cub doesn't know that he's going to grow up to be a lion. You know what I mean? Like, I always seem to get that idea in my head. And then when I get it, I'm like, I don't want to be a lion, you know? Like, I want to I wanna be, you know, I want to be weak. I want to be <laughs> sensitive. I don't want these problems. Like, I don't want to be this, you know superhero type of dude and nothing but like I'm a human you know what I mean like I, I have feelings I have emotions you know what I mean and it's just like let me just let me just be me like stop forcing me to do all this stuff you know and I mean at the end of the day I already know you know he doesn't want robots he wants us to be obedient and obviously you know I want to be obedient like I want to be uh doing the right thing but you have off days, you know, you have good days and you have bad days. So I'm going to pause it here for a second and then I'm going to come back. All right, cool. So I just had to reset the timer because I've had issues. Like, as soon as I get to like the 54 minute mark, I try to chill or a little bit before that because I've lost episodes as soon as it goes to the 55 minute mark, even though I'm supposed to have a whole hour to record. I really didn't want to record. I went to sleep. You know, but you got to do what the Lord tells you to do. Right? So, um, doing that. So, Pastor Patrick Winfrey. It's weird. It's like every time I go on his, um, attend his Bible study or attend, you know, his, you know, church thing, it could be a coincidence, right? I don't really believe in coincidences, but it's, it's, a, little, it's a little suspicious. I'll just say that. Um, I've been noticing he keeps uh, saying something. 
And he'll say, he keeps saying, there's people in this chat room or there's people in the comment section that are not living right. They're, they're, they're going to get left behind. And it's interesting to me because he's made comments before, you know, when I started popping up under my actual name, you know. And this is the thing. When I first started attending his thing, he was super cool when I was new. Oh, Jupiter. Jupiter, yeah. Is this my is this my friend Jupiter from the Philippines? Or is this someone else? He's like, I used to have a friend from the Philippines named Jupiter. And I'm like, no, nah, I've never been to the Philippines. I'm I'm a different Jupiter. You know what I mean? And uh, <clears throat> so I knew we had that connection. Now, this is important because everything is. Now... <clears throat> I don't know if I posted this or not, but I've been posting that dude, uh, Myron Golden. Um, I know he talks about finance a lot, but the one I was trying to focus on posting when he was talking about, I know who I am because of whose I am and talking about how when we're in, when we're obedient and we're in basically compliance, we're in obedience we're under the authority of God because we're being obedient, then our assignment, we have authority over our assign our assignment. You know what I mean? So that those key principles were important to me. And I don't think I posted this, but he had another one on how to learn fast or something like that. And he was talking about names and like, you know, how you know the the more that the more names that you remember, the more money you will make. But that wasn't what was important to me. What was important was learning how to learn, you know, and that's what that I, that's what I was focusing on because I'm taking a boot camp training class right now to kind of merge into a different career. Something that has a little bit more steady income, but where I could still travel, you know what I mean? So... Not giving too much on that. I do at some point want to reveal that one um, independent contracting job that I did a few times. And I did it for a different reason than what some people may assume. Because I've already had people making assumptions about that. <clears throat> but I'll get into that later because I've been vague about it. But I'll try to do that soon. Because I don't think I'm going to work with them no more. I really don't want to because I don't like how they conduct themselves they're super unprofessional um they're very unprofessional and they don't they don't do what they say they're going to do and i don't like that and that's just a red flag for me it's just i just can't deal with people like that so anyway um i was learning how to learn and he was just saying like the way they teach you how to learn in school is not the correct way to learn because they just give you a whole bunch of different stuff to focus on and you never really get to like the meat and potatoes of each subject. And that's why you never learn. And that's why you, and they said, and he said, it's intentional. It's indoctrination. And that's, that's the whole thing. It's like compartmentalization. You know what I mean? It's the same thing that the government does, which is what ties into that job that I was doing. You know what I mean? Why there's so many problems because they, they don't want the communication going on because through communication, we can destroy the enemy and the enemy knows that. So it's divide and conquer. <clears throat> but anyway, um, he was just saying that <clears throat> the more you practice something, the better you get at it. So he's like, if you're going to learn a new language, just learn one word, learn how to spell the word, learn how to write that word, 
you know, learn how to pronounce that word <clears throat> and just keep focusing on that one word <clears throat> until you master that word. Hola, hola, H-O-L-A means hello, hola, hola. And then you can go to the next word and the next word. And, and before you, you know it, you're just like saying two words, buenos dias, buenas noches, buenas tardes, you know, or you can learn how to ask somebody else how to say something in that language. Como se dice? Uh, how do you say this? You know, <clears throat> and then now you can start building, you know what I mean? Maybe you want to learn Chinese, so you start speaking how to count to 10. So, Lang, zero, um, E, one, R, two, San, three, Su, four, Wu, five, Jia, six, Qi, seven, Ba, eight, Liu, Nine. Um, where's ten? Uh, did I forget ten already? I don't really use ten that much. Uh, I did forget. I'll remember. Anyway. <clears throat> um, but yeah, whatever it is. You know what I mean? You just practice, 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 practice. And um, you'll get it. I'm still trying to think of ten. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway, um, so that's what I was studying because, you know, Myron Golden is, has a wealth of knowledge. He's like super, super, um, intelligent, you know, uh, with the Bible and like he was memorizing Bible verses at an early age and, you know, just like to learn every day. <clears throat> that's why I try to, I'm trying to still keep posting things on epigenetics. I think I've been posting it for like the members. I've been really trying to focus a little bit more on the members because I appreciate them. And <clears throat> although like I want to keep, you know, feeding the non-members, <clears throat> I feel like maybe the non-members are get, getting a little bit more than the members. And I still got to figure out how to do like member posting because I think if I schedule it, it goes to the member side. And um, if I don't schedule it, it goes to the public side. I don't know. I'm going to have to get on the computer to figure it out. But since I'm doing everything off of my phone, it's really hard for me to figure out. <clears throat> so maybe I'll do that this weekend and try to figure out um, how to do that exactly because really it's long overdue because I think it's been like a month or two since I started doing that because initially I'm just posting it, posting it, but I do want to make sure like, and then I'd have to go back and switch everything over to the membership, like older episodes. But <clears throat> now I don't want to do that because it feels like you're giving them the leftovers. Nobody wants leftovers. If you're paying for a membership, you should not have leftovers. So I'm pretty sure when I schedule it, it does go to the members. Um, because when I schedule it, it doesn't pop up right away. So I do think the schedule ones go to the members. Plus, because that, those have lower views than the ones that I don't. So if I just post it, those have way more views than the ones that I schedule. So I'm pretty sure I'm doing it the correct way. But I have to get on the computer to double check. Um, 
to see what is public and what isn't. <clears throat> but anyway, um, so yeah, um, I was noticing that with him because um, <clears throat> when I stopped going to his channel, um, because I was just like, you know what, I want to, I, I want to learn the word. I don't want to just listen to somebody freestyle. You know what I mean? Like, I want to listen to the words. That's like, I like Pastor Sandy. I like other, you know, pastors that actually, you know, don't freestyle. I get freestyle and it's cool. Like, I'm just trying to stay in fellowship and stay in church. But if I go to a pastor's channel that's freestyling the whole time, you know, and I'm sure he's got some notes here and there, but there's a lot of sidetrack. It's a lot of, a lot of distractions and, you know. And usually he just tries to get straight to what he's talking about, which is cool. I know he has a theme and a goal for what he's talking about. But a lot of time it does just seem like he's freestyling. And look, I love all my brothers and sisters or whatever. I was just saying I was noticing that when I, I used to go to his channel under different accounts that didn't have my name on there. And then, you know, now I just try to go under because I was... I wanted him to know like I was still attending and still trying to fellowship, but there's, I don't have an obligation. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like it's a membership. It's like, it's not like we have a contract or where I have to attend your sessions all the time. You know what I mean? I don't have to do that with anybody. I do it because I want to do it because I want to stay in the word, but I'm also with the mindset as the spirit leads, you know what I mean? And I feel like God does that with me in this podcast. You know, I get all, I always ask God, God, please, even today, Lord, please populate my podcast for me today. You're, it's your podcast. It's not mine. You know what I mean? Like do what you want to do. I'm just trying to do what I can do to help whatever you want to, to help, you know, manifest your will here. You know, like all glory to the Lord. Like I, I trust me, I'm nothing. I know that I'm very aware of my nothingness, you know. So, you know, I was noticing like, oh, people just popping up here and there because they're, you know, they're, they just want to know about the rapture. They just want to know about the rapture. They just want to know about the rapture and it's escapism and this and this and that. Like, I haven't even been posting some of his stuff lately, but you know, I vet things that I post. Like I go through them, I listen to them and then I post them. Like sometimes I do post things that don't line up with my belief, but I also don't want it to seem like I'm just trying to enforce my belief on my pocket. Like, oh, it's my podcast. So I'm only going to post the stuff that I believe. No, I don't do that. I believe God works in any and everything. You know what I mean? And there's always a message because God is everywhere. You can look all around you and see God in everything. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so <clears throat> there's messages in everything, you know? I believe everybody has, you can learn from everybody. I can learn from a kid. I can learn from a 90 year old, you know, person. So I could learn from an ant. I can learn from a bird. I can learn from a dog. Like I can learn from a lot of things, you know, and I do believe God speaks to me in a lot of different ways. He spoke to me through a dog and I know that sounds kind of funny, but the way I mean it is that <clears throat> I was in a car and I seen the dog like in a, somebody else's car hanging out the window, 
And I'm like, oh, hey, dee, dee, dee. you know how you talk to dogs, like, you stoogy poogy patoogy or whatever, you know what I mean? And you just, and the dog was like, looked, he just looked at me, and like, he kind of raised his eyebrows at me, like, dude, what, who, who are you talking to? And then he just looked away. And then I kept trying to get his attention, and he completely ignored me. Completely ignored me. He wasn't having it. He looked at his owner. You know what I mean? Like, dude, I don't know what's up with this weirdo, but, uh. Yeah, we ain't rocking with you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, <clears throat> and I felt like the Lord was telling me, you see that obedience? You see how obedient that dog is? He won't look at you again. He doesn't know you. You've been completely blocked out. You've been completely ignored. He won't even glance at you. And the dog like went and walked over to the other side of the window because both of the windows were down and just was hanging out that window. And that was the end of it. So, I mean, I don't, you know, that's happened. I don't know if that was like the exact situation or whatever, but, you know, <clears throat> from what I can remember, it was that was like the gist of it. But I've definitely had dogs ignore me when I was trying to like befriend them. And it was just like, nah, like I'm loyal to my owner. You know what I mean? And <clears throat> that was like the vibe that I was getting, how God wants us to be. You know what I mean? And dogs are usually pretty happy. Like they're going on a walk, walk with their owner. They're cool. Like, they're not really worried about anything else except just hanging out with their owner, going on the walk. They're content with that. And um, now there's distractions, other dogs and stuff like that. But most dogs that are been with their odor for a while, <clears throat> they don't even feed into it. So when they see other dogs acting crazy or whatever, they're just like looking at their owner like, I'm ready when you are, you know. Well, we, we can motion this way. You know, whatever you say. And the owners are like, we're just going to stand here and wait till the crazy people pass. You know? And it's usually like a younger dog, like a puppy or, you know what I mean? Like, going crazy or whatever. So I learned through all life. You know what I mean? And I don't knock nothing. And even this morning, like I woke up and I'm like, man, I don't know what his deal is, but I'm going to pray for him. Because the first thing I thought about was, that came to my mind, like, you you see somebody looking at you crazy, and then you get offended, but then I would hear God, like, well, how would you know they was looking at you crazy if you weren't looking at them, and how do you know that your face don't look crazy, and they think that you're the one that's looking at them crazy, and I'm like, aha, okay, I see what you're saying, so I'm just not going to look over there, feel me, problem solved, you know, so who cares who's looking at me crazy, I don't know if I'm not looking at them. You know, so I just won't look at them and then I won't know if they're not looking at me, you know, if they're looking at me crazy and it works, it works, you know, so you pull up somewhere, you're walking around and you notice someone's staring at you stupid, crazy. I just look away. And then problem solved because people have demons and demons are looking for confrontation. You know, but the key word, they're looking for confrontation. So if you're looking at me trying to have a confrontation, I'm just not going to look at you. And then there's no confrontation, right? So little little tricks of the trade, I guess, little things that I've been picking up over the years. I'll get into my later years. But um, so he keeps saying that. That's like a reoccurring theme. Like this person, you're in the comments. And, the, and then another thing I noticed too is, he answers everybody else's questions but mine, right? So I post something, I get ignored. Somebody else posts something, yeah, hey, Gunny, yeah, oh, yeah. Da, da, da. And it's just like, I'm invisible, I'm a ghost, 
you know. And it's just like I told God today, I'm like, God, is it cool if I just don't go to his channel no more? Can we can you just like give me someone else to go to? Because one thing that I'm noticing, it doesn't matter where I go. It doesn't matter if it's a Christian group. It doesn't matter if it's one of my college course classes. It doesn't matter if it's this job or that job. Wherever I go, there are problems. Now, most people would say, you're the problem. That's why everywhere you go, you're having problems. But what I know is, I'm hearing a high-pitched sound in my left ear. So I don't know if Angel's trying to talk to me. But what I know is, if they hated Jesus, they're going to hate me. I know that. If they hated Jesus, they're going to hate me. Let me tell you another thing. I made two hoodies a couple weeks ago. The hoodie that I made for my cousin, which was his design, something that he wanted to do because he's going on vacation and he wanted like to make a, a special hoodie for himself. So... You know, he made the hoodie or whatever. He made his hoodie. I made mine. We ordered it hours apart. So his order probably went in, let's just say, 10 o'clock. And then mine went in at like 1 or 2 o'clock, right? He got his hoodie last week. I still haven't got my hoodie. So when I tracked it, I realized it's been in the same place for four days. Four days, it's been in one location. It's in Ohio, but it's in one location in Ohio for four days. Now, the delivery date isn't for another four days. So when I reach out to the company I go through, they're like, yeah, yeah, don't, you know, it's not late. You still got four days. That's not what I'm talking about. My issue is I ordered two things at the same time. They both got mailed out at the same time, right? Because by the time they got into the office, they just got two orders at the same time. They don't. They might see that one went at 10 p.m. and one went at 2 a.m., right? But when they go into to work the next morning, you know, Monday morning, Tuesday morning, whatever morning it was, they just know that there's two orders sitting there. So they, they, they just get started on the orders. I'm sure they did do... My cousin's order first, and then they did mine. You know what I'm saying? But they were all shipped out at the same time. So at the end of that work day, when all those orders were fulfilled, they all went to the mail carrier at the same time. So that's what I'm saying. So what's the issue? The issue is my hoodie is a Christian hoodie. My hoodie is promoting the gospel of Jesus Christ. My hoodie is filled with scripture. My cousin's hoodie is a worldly hoodie focused on worldly things and things that he likes to focus on and think about two separate things i know what's going on you know what i'm saying so that just ties into me always being persecuted and always being being under attack you know so when i go into his chat room and i'm trying to fellowship with people and i'm starting to get some responses i keep saying i'm tired of christians judging me and I'm tired of Christians attacking me online. I just make sure I, I plant that seed in his head. Because he's just on there. You're not going to make the rapture. You're going to get left behind. If you're doing this. If you're doing that. And it's just like. <clears throat> did he forget about 
the verse that none are righteous? Did he forget about the verse that you need to focus on taking a stick out of your own eye before pointing fingers at someone else? Satan is the accuser. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, you know what, Lord, I'll pray for him. I'll pray for him. You know what I mean? But one thing is, I told you guys before, like, I'll go on there. I didn't tell you who the pastor was before, but now I'm telling you because I want you guys to pray for Pastor Patrick Winfrey. I want you to pray for all pastors. But we can never, ever get comfortable. We can never, ever think it's smooth sailing. We're working out our salvation with fear and trembling. Because I was hearing him say stuff like, oh, you know, I don't even want to, I hate, I don't even, I don't want to do this. Like, you know, I don't want to do this. I'm not attacking him. But I just don't like, you know, I'm freestyling this, right? Obviously. But this is like my journal. You know what I mean? I'm not a pastor. So, you know, you'll never see Pastor Jupiter, you know, Jupiter Rueda de Leon. You'll never see that, you know. Pastor Ilio, Pastor Illy, like, it's, it's probably not going to happen, you know what I mean? Um, because I'm putting things together, you know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm the church, I'm not the pastor. I don't lead the congregation, you know what I mean? Like, that's just not my calling, you know what I mean? And that, I know he changed his name to Prophet Patrick Winfrey, so I don't know if maybe he's not a pastor no more, maybe he's just a prophet now, I don't know. But it used to be Pastor Patrick Winfrey YouTube channel, but now it says Prophet Patrick Winfrey. So I just pray for him and lift him up. I'm not saying that when he keeps saying those things that they're directed toward me. I just think I find it interesting that um, <clears throat> th that's like I keep noticing him saying that. And I'm like wondering, like, who is he talking about? Like, who's the new person in this chat room? Because it's kind of like with the 12 disciples, right? <laughs> you know, they're like, Jesus, who's going to betray you? And everybody's looking around like, who's it going to be? Judas is probably looking around like, well, I hope it's not me. I'll may maybe it's Peter. And Peter's like, well, maybe maybe it's Judas. <laughs> and Judas is like, well, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe it's uh, this guy or that guy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, maybe it's Matthew. Maybe it's uh, Luke. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, hopefully it's not me, right? So that's kind of like what was going on, like when he was saying that and doing that. And then sometimes he'll be like, you know, he'll switch it up. Like, well, this this is for somebody, you know, after the rapture. Somebody after the rapture is going to come across this. And then I'm thinking, like, I'm pretty sure that after the rapture, like the whole grid's going to be shut down and every single Christian channel is wiped. Like, I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. I don't know. But it seems plausible considering that there's so much censorship going on right now. There's so many attacks against people that's trying to preach the, the, the real gospel right now. You know, I like Pastor Patrick Winfrey because he, he, you know, he's against the once saved, always saved doctrine, the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, the doctrine that Jesus hated. That's why I like Pastor Sandy Armstrong. I go to these channels to stay sharp, to stay convicted. You know, so it's not like I don't go there because I don't want to be convicted. No, I definitely go there because I want to be convicted. I want to stay sharp, right? I heard the other day they said that, I don't know what channel it was on. I don't even know if I posted this episode or not. But it was like, if you're the best member in your band, you need a new band. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and it was a quote from somebody I don't know even think was a Christian. It was just a quote from some dude or whatever, but... 
Um, at the end of the day, you want to stay around people that are better than you so that you could become better. You know what I mean? But I'm almost feeling like I'm at the point too, like if I'm not learning something new, then it's really not doing nothing for me. So I don't know. I, all I know is that that episode that I posted um, with Myron Golden, he was dropping, dropping diamonds, man, dropping jewels about, you know, I know who I am because of whose I am. And, you know, as long as I'm obedient and I'm under the authority of Jesus, then my assignment is under my authority. And um, it just ties into what I've been learning on my own Bible study about Jesus knowing what was going to happen when he was here. And he just said that scripture has to be fulfilled. You know what I mean? And um, I'm specifically talking about, too, when they came to get him, you know, when they came to get him. And I think Peter cut off the, the dude's right ear and, um, you know, Jesus healed the dude with the right ear and told Peter to put his sword back in the sheath. And uh, um, I think I remember them saying that when they first approached Jesus, they all fell backwards. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that was the power of Jesus. But I was, things that I was liking about what Myron Golden was saying was just the fact like, uh, you know, when, uh, you know, Adam and Eve gave up their ownership of the planet, you know, of this earth. You know, they, they turned it over to Satan. And then when Jesus came, Jesus was fulfilling scripture, you know, like a G. Like he was just Neo in the Matrix, you know what I mean? And uh, and uh, actually better than that, but... Uh, Satan was trying to tempt him. And um and Satan and Satan was like, I'll give you all this and I'll give you all that. And Jesus is like, What is you talking about? Like I'm I'm the real king. Like, get away from me. I'm the real king. And you know, he took back the keys from Satan. He took back the authority. And I just love that. Like that's just so dope to me. But yeah, it was just too another thing Myron was talking about was like, you know, um, what happens is like soon as you have the intent of doing something, you know, and I'm probably not, I'm definitely not wording it the way he worded it. I don't even know if I posted an episode or not. Hopefully I did. So you have some context, but if I didn't, then I guess I'll just freestyle. Um, what I, what I, what I got from that, you know, how I interpreted it. But basically like when we, it's like, say you, you know, like you're like, all right, cool. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to be obedient. That's when all the attacks happen, you know. And a lot of people give up when those attacks happen because they're trying to thwart you, trying to knock you off course. And that's where we lose a lot of people. But if you stay the course, you stay persistent, you stay focused, and you do what you're supposed to do, what God wants you to do, and you stay in his word so you can continue to follow his directions and let him be your guide then you're going to overcome that. It's just inevitable, you know? <clears throat> so that's what I got from it. And like I said, he definitely worded it differently, probably more eloquently and better than me. But, um, uh, 
Who's the yawn counter? How many how many times have I yawned already? Um, I should have I should count my yawns because they they always happen when I do these podcasts. <clears throat> but yeah, so I'll just pray for Pastor Patrick Winfrey. I don't know if he's targeting me. It feels that way because I am targeted everywhere I go. Um, it just happens. I'm just a target and it's annoying, but obviously it makes you want to withdraw and just not deal with anybody because you know, you know, you're like the elephant man. You like, you know, wherever you go, somebody's pointing a finger, somebody's laughing, somebody's um, bullying you, somebody's threatening you, somebody's making fun of you. And I do, I do deal with that on a daily basis um, pretty frequently. So I don't want to say all day long because there's a lot of times where lately I've been working far away from people. I'm just kind of driving farther on farther trips to just kind of just stay away from from society uh, as opposed to normally where I would stay in a city doing shorter trips, you know. So I've been kind of just... Needing my break. I've been listening to that song Eclipse a lot. <clears throat> the one I uploaded here isn't the final version. So I'm still having my engineer tweak the sounds a little bit before I publish it. But I did release it here first just because that's how I was feeling that day. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, that's how I feel. You know, I don't have friends and um, I'm isolated in isolation depressed, um, attacked, accused, persecuted, ganged up on, and problems follow me everywhere I go. I I wish they didn't, you know what I mean? I understand why they do, and I'm not speaking that into existence. It's just a fact that I've been dealing with. I would like to speak, you know, I like to always, I mean, I always try to sell my, you know, when I pray, uh, that's what I'm praying for, you know. So when I start my day off with prayer, I'm like, Lord, you know, please cancel all the attacks of the enemy. Please let me have a, a smooth flowing day. Please don't let the enemy attack my finances. You know, I go through a whole list of things asking for for protection from. And I'm sure God is, you know, protecting me from a lot of stuff. But there's still a lot of things that happen, you know, that continue to happen. And it's frustrating, you know. I was able to make amends with one guy at one of my job locations, warehouses, um, because we got into it one day, and I was parked, and then when he parked, it was like the glare off the his windshield reflected the sun into my eyes, and I was just like, ah, because I was like in my phone trying to do something, and he wouldn't move, you know what I mean? And so that was a little irritating, but I'm used to it because I know that the devil works through people even when they don't know that the devil's working through them. They don't even know why they're doing what they're doing. Um, that's how the devil's working. So, you know, when I went up to the warehouse door, I had to ring the doorbell to get in. Um, I didn't even hear this dude behind me. He was super quiet like a ninja, but I was still in my phone, so I was just distracted. And I just heard this bass yeah, yeah, man, yeah, you know, uh, you know, you gonna park like that, I'm gonna park the way I wanna park, you know what I'm saying, and, uh, you know, if you feel like you could park like that, I'm gonna park how I wanna park, so yeah, you looking at me all crazy and stuff, you know what I'm saying, I'm just letting you know that's what it is, and I'm just like, what the heck is going on, like, what is going on here, I didn't even see the dude in the car, I just saw 
sunshine in my eyes. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, cool, man. Yeah, do do you, bro. Do what you want to do. Yeah, I will. I will. I am going to do what I want to do. Cool, man. God bless you, man. Good luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. So all his anger and all his confrontational energy, I knew I was under attack. You know what I mean? But it really irritated me. Like, it made me so mad I wanted to lay the dude out. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted to put hands on him super quick. So I'm just trying to get, get my uh, packages and leave. And then I even hear him gossiping about me when I walk out. Yeah, this dude. Da, da, da. So I'm like, man, you know, Lord, please deliver that dude. I don't know what's going on. Obviously, demonic attack, you know, but please keep him away from me because I was super irritable today and I don't want to do something I regret, you know. So it was like a little prayer like that, you know what I mean? But then it was a couple of times where I didn't even want to go to that location because I was already having a bad day. And I'm like, I, all I need is one thing to set me off and it's a wrap. It's a wrap. I'm going to explode. And I'm telling God. I'm telling God. I'm talking to God like, God, one thing, one thing. You, you've already letting all these demonic attacks happen to me all day. I'm trying to follow you. I'm trying to do what you want me to do. You know, it's too much. I'm letting you know right now. It's too much pressure. It's too much. If if, if do pop off at this location, I, I, I'm sleeping him. If, if I go to this location, this dude say something stupid, I'm sleeping him too. Because I'm doing what you told me to do and it didn't work. You're God. I'm, I'm proclaiming your proclamations to you. You said if I pray, if I turn the other cheek, if I do this, if I X, Y, and Z, if I do all this stuff, you know, if I ask, I shall receive. You know, if I'm doing, if I'm being obedient, I'm asking for your, your intervention, I'm just letting you know you don't intervene. You, you you don't prevent this situation from occurring. I'm I'm done obeying you. I'm going to act a fool. And ultimately, <laughs> you gotta get a praise report. Ultimately, caught myself talking to this dude the other day. See, both of these dudes that came at me crazy. I've been I've been avoiding them because they the, the way they treated me, praying for them, angry prayers. Mad because of the things that they're doing to me. And they, they feel like I did something to them. That dude that pulled up that day somehow felt like I did something to him when I was parked there before he ever showed up. Mind you, I've been with this company before this dude ever got hired. So he's a new hire. He's a new employee. And then he's coming at me crazy for how I parked. When I've been parking there before they ever, when they first opened that location, I've been parking the same way in the parking lot. Parking in the same spot every time I go to that, that parking spot. And I park in the shade specifically so the sun isn't beating me up while I'm waiting in the warehouse parking lot. So I always pull up there if it's open. If not, someone else might get it. But we always try to park right there in the shade. And he pulls in and blocks me in. And he's offended because of how I'm parked. So either he wanted to pull into the shade and he was mad because I was there first. And then he felt like he needed to tell me something. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> I would see him after that, you know, <clears throat> and I, I, I was just waiting for him to do something so I could maul him like an animal. You know what I mean? Because I'm telling you, you get beat up so much with this. You get bullied. You get... You take the high road all the time. 
there are limits. You have breaking points. Especially when you're targeted. And the, the, the enemy knows that. And he, that's exactly what he's trying to do. That's exactly the reaction he's trying to get out of me. Because that can ex ex escalate to somebody getting injured. Somebody possibly dying. Somebody going to jail. You know, that's his goal is trying to destroy me. And I know that. But there's points where I can't take it no more. And I have to work. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, God, where are you at? When are you going to intervene? When are you going to resolve this situation? Because I'm doing everything you told me to do. Now, those situations get so intense that I can't go and befriend these people because they've already expressed extreme aggression towards me. So since you've already expressed extreme aggression towards me, if I try to come to you and it and it's not a mutual energy where we both want to come into a peaceful agreement with each other, it's going to it's going to go south quick. The other the other situation well anyways, yeah, yesterday I was talking to this dude, was preaching to preaching the word to him a little bit. I seen the cross on his neck, so I felt comfortable talking to him in that way. You know what I mean? But <clears throat> the, the way the energy broke was one day he was like, you good today, boss? You all right? You feeling better? So in his mind, he still thinks I'm the problem. That's what's crazy to me about the whole situation, right? In his mind, he still thinks I'm the problem. You is, Are you okay today? Because you, 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 you had a problem the other day. So I'm like, yeah, man, cool. I'm good. And then I left. You know what I mean? Because I don't. It wasn't the right time. Yesterday was the right time. Because when I was walking to the warehouse, he was getting into it with another employee. He was getting into it with the warehouse employee. And as soon as I walked in, the warehouse was like, "Bro, I don't care about nothing. I don't care about nothing after this job, bro. I don't care about none of y'all." That's what the employee was saying to him. And then I seen him cop deuces, like he kind of cop. I don't want to say he coward, but he kind of. Knew his position, you know, and he was like, all right, you know, you know, so I don't know what was going on. It was none of my business. So I, I really can't say he cop deuces or he cowered down or whatever. I'm forgive me, Lord, for saying that, you know, wrongly if I did. But I noticed, you know, that um, there was something confrontational going on there. So as I was leaving, I'm just like, man, I don't want to have nothing to do with this because I notice things. The devil attacks anyone he can around me if he can't get to me, you know. And when I was walking out, he was like, what's good, bro? And I'm like, oh, what's good with you, homie? You know what I mean? And then I, I just went about my business. When I came back to the warehouse, he was still waiting there. <clears throat> when I got my stuff, when I was coming out, I seen the light shine off his gold cross. And so I'm like, oh, I guess now's the moment. I'm like, hey, man, um, did you check out this job? So, Because we always looking for other jobs because these jobs suck. So I was telling about another gig that I do, you know. And I'm like, man, I got like five, six of them, bro, because, you know, devil always trying to, trying to stop my job, you know, whatever I do. So I can't have a schedule. I can't. I got to freestyle my whole life because the devil is always on me. He's like, word. Yeah, man. And I'm like. Yeah, and I'm like, man, if it wasn't for God, bro, you know, man, but a rap for me. He was like, man, you just said the num that key word, God, bro, God. So he said that. I was like, bada bing, you know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, man, I'm a Christian author, 
You know what I mean? Like I actually write Christian books and, you know, I, you know, I gave my life to Christ and like, you know, I'm trying to, trying to live a holy and righteous lifestyle. You know, they all smoke weed up there. I don't know if he do or not, but you know, I've li I caught him listening to some music before that was secular and I'm not judging him. You know what I mean? Cause it happens, you know, but, um, <clears throat> I just started talking to him. I'm like, Hey man, just so you know, that day that you pulled up and you thought I was looking at you crazy. I just want you to know when you pulled up, I actually didn't see you. I couldn't see you in the car. And I'm like, because when you pulled up, I was in the shade to get away from the sun. But when you pulled up, the sun hit your windshield and it just like went straight in my eye. And I was on my phone, right? So when I turned to look and my eyes were squinted up, I don't know what my face looked like. But I just know I couldn't see nothing because it was just sunlight straight in my eye. And he started laughing a little bit, right? And then I'm like, <clears throat> so I didn't even know what was going on, right? And then when I walked into the, um, walked up to the warehouse door, you know, I was still on my phone. I didn't hear you, bro. I'm like, you was quiet like a ninja. So he started laughing a little bit. And then I just heard this, <laughs> and I'm like, that. Like once I heard all that bass in your voice and you was so close to me, that startled me. And that kind of made me a little bit angry. And he's laughing a little bit. Not once did he apologize about nothing, right? He's just laughing, you know. And I'm like, so that's kind of like what rubbed me the wrong way about you. And I was like, but I just wanted you to know, like, whatever you thought that was, it wasn't that. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, I just wanted you to know that, you know. And he was like, all right, all right, you know. And so I just started talking to him about God a little bit. And I left, you know what I mean? And, uh. Came back a couple times after that, but we didn't really have no conversations or nothing like that. But I just wanted him to know, you know what I mean? Like, you definitely uh, jumped to conclusions in that situation. And maybe it plants a seed that maybe he jumped to a conclusion with the, the warehouse employee. Because the way that warehouse employee's energy was, when he was barking at dude, it was right when I was walking by. So I started getting, I started getting um, agitated by that aggression which obviously is going to provoke the aggression in me because I'm a man as well, right? Same thing with a dog, right? If the dog's growling, but he's growling next to the other dog, them two dogs might start fighting, you know? So if, you, if you're if like scooting your foot near the dog's bowl and he starts growling at you because he thinks you're trying to take his food, the other dog could have been just over here sleeping, but now he's hearing growling, so he wakes up and he starts growling too. And then those two dogs start fighting. I don't know. That's just a scenario. But you know how dogs are. It's the same thing. You know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, yeah. That was that. And the guy with the other location, um, I was pulling in and he cut me off. Because they're so greedy at these warehouses. Everybody's trying to get their packages before you get yours. And they're trying to hurry up and deliver and come back and deliver another package. And that happens a lot. Like you, One person could be sitting at this warehouse waiting for a package and some guy can come in, pick it up, deliver it, come back, get another one, deliver it, come back. And you could be sitting there for hours not getting nothing. And this guy just keeps getting them and getting them and getting them. Because the, the system's weird. Also, I feel like there's a lot of demonic stuff going on there because there's a lot of transgenders that work there and homosexuals and, you know, just a lot of, a lot of people living in sin and, and not aware that they're living in sin. You know what I mean? So there's just a lot of demonic activity that's going on at all times. So I really try not to work at these this location or both of those locations too much. But um, but yeah, so that guy, he cut me off. And when he cut me off, man, immediately I did look at him crazy. 
So I parked my car, and when I was driving by him, I looked at him like, man, what's wrong with this dude? And he got mad that I was looking at him crazy, and he was like, oh, white boy, da 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 this and that, even though I'm not a white boy, I'm Hispanic, but I'm just used to, you know, African-Americans treat me like that immediately, oh, white boy, da 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 you know, and they automatically got something against you because you're not black, you know what I mean? It's weird, you know, I don't know if this is a racist spirit or what it is, but um, so I go to my car, I mean, I park my car or whatever, and I'm just sitting there and I'm on the phone, but this dude get out the car and he start, start yelling at me. He's in his car. He's all the way over where he's at. And I'm all the way over here. We're probably two, two, three cars away from each other. And he's barking at me, get out the car, start barking at me. Crazy. Looking at me like a demon. What a motherfucker, effa, mother, mother, effa, effa, mother, effa, mother, effa. You looking at me like you know me, mother effa. Step out your car. Get the, 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 the. And I'm like, man, Lord, I'm like, here we go again. I'm like, I didn't do nothing. This dude almost, almost smashed into my car. If I didn't hit the brakes, he would have T-boned me. So yeah, I looked at him crazy because he had some, somebody in the car. I don't know if it was girlfriend. I don't, I don't even remember who was in the car with him. One of his homies, somebody was in the car with him. And he get out the car, all the way going into the warehouse. He's standing in front of me, taunting me, taunting me, taunting me, yelling at me, trying to provoke me, trying to provoke me. And I let it go, let it go, let it go. Right there in my face, I'm letting it go. Ignoring him, ignoring him. Goes in the warehouse. As soon as he come out the warehouse, right again, still coming at me, coming at me, coming at me. He does all this till he gets right up to his car. Boom, I kick my door open, like with a force. Boom, ran up to him real quick. Ran up to him so quick that I was in his face. And I'm like, what you say, man? What you say? Sorry, sorry. My bad. But that's how I came at him. You know what I mean? My bad. But uh, <laughs> I get animated, right? But I mean, I wanted you to know, like, that's how I came at him. You know what I mean? And when I was in his face, he got the he got the fumble lip popping off. And I'm looking in his eyes and I'm like, nah, he ain't about that life. He don't want it. His demons and got him in some some type of stuff. He he ain't about it. He don't want it. Not only that, but whoever was in the passenger side, they never got out. So they probably looking to see how to, how this is about to pop off. You know, he don't say nothing when I'm in his face. So I'm like, cool. He don't he don't he don't want no smoke. So I start walking back to my car slowly. Because I'm already knowing, I'm I'm so used to these hood situations because I grew up in the hood. I still live in the hood. I'm so used to it. I'm not I'm not in a hurry to get back to my car. I'm walking super slow because I'm waiting for that trigger. I'm waiting for you to complete that that trigger. I'm waiting for you to do something. And sure enough, he does it. Yeah, man, don't don't ever do that again, man. Don't ever. he acting like he he saved me? He acting like he he he. He gave me a pass when I know I'm the one that gave him the pass because I ran up to him, confronted him, and I'm like, what's up now? You talking all that crap. What's up now? I'm here. Do something. And he don't do nothing. So as soon as I start walking away, now he started trying to get tired, trying to puff up the chest again because of ego and pride. He don't. He just got punked in front of his people. You know what I'm saying? And he like, yeah. Yeah, never ever do that. And I turn around, started heading back towards him. I'm like, no, you better never ever do that again. And I'm looking at him now. I'm waiting. I'm waiting because now I'm ready. Now I'm ready. Now I'm looking at you. Now I'm walking back towards you. Now I want to know what's up. 
He didn't do nothing. Put his head down, got in the car. Right? So all the times after this, I'm telling God, like, God, you know, I'm sorry. I overreacted. It's too much pressure. I'm under too much demonic attack. I'm just trying to do what you want me to do. And the demonic attacks are getting worse. And that's exactly what happens. The more obedient you are to the Lord, the more that you're doing more for the kingdom, the more that you come under attack. That is factual because that's what I'm living. And I, even in Pastor Patrick Winfrey's uh, session last night, I'm telling people. He was talking about a deliverance. I'm like, man, I, I did a deliverance on my friend and two people died because I didn't put a hedge of protection around her family. He didn't he didn't respond to it. Completely ignored me. Did he read it? More than likely. He's reading everybody else's comments. I don't know for sure. Didn't say nothing. Actually, I don't think anybody said anything, right? Then somebody says something about, yeah, we need to put on a full armor. And I'm like, well, this is my full armor. And you guys know how I do the full armor. I do the 12 pieces, you know. And I actually think there's more than that. <laughs> like, the more that I read the Bible, I'm like, I think there's more than 12 pieces. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, um, and I typed that up. Nobody says anything. But when I said, you know, I'm tired of people judging me, bullying me, and attacking me online. And it's always at the Christians. Then somebody said something. Because people know that they're guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. You know what I mean? We're all guilty of it. None are righteous. And that's the thing, you know. I know I'm guilty of it. I know I'm a sinner. I try to be transparent. Like when I do my, my podcast, you know. Look how I just acted with the dude. Is the pastor ever going to admit to doing something like that? In detail? He might be like, yeah, I make mistakes here and there. But I go right back to the Lord. Well, why don't you be detailed, pastor? Why don't you tell us exactly where you messed up. And exactly how you overcame it, Right? That's how I am. I'm gonna give me the details. Really connect with me, right? Really connect with me, so I know that that we're going through the same stuff. But hey, you can't make people do nothing. And he even said that too. You know what I mean? But we have to be aware too that he doesn't know everything about everybody that he thinks he's talking about. He got somebody in mind, obviously, who he's talking about. But do we really know him? You know, who knows? I just think there's a lot of judgment going on. From all of us. I think I judge people. I think people judge me. I think we all do that because we all got demons in our ear. And it's hard for us to always differentiate, you know, what's what, you know. That's what I believe is true, you know what I mean? So with this dude, um, I would see him at different locations. I'd see him at, I, I didn't see him for a couple of days. So then I knew he was going to the other location. And I wasn't chasing him or nothing. I'm just going where the money at. So I, I end up over there. And I pulled up. Next to him. Everywhere we go, I'll make sure I pull up right next to you. Because I'm still wait. I'm still on edge. I'm still irritated. I'm still, like, mad at God. Like, just a lot of things going on in my mind. You know what I mean? And it's just like, I don't care. I'm ready to end my life. Like, whatever. Like, is, is that how I'm going to go out? Then I'll go out. Forgive me in advance. You know what I mean? But cool. I'm ready to go. Because I hate this place. And I hate the torment and the torture. So, whatever's going to take me out, let's do it quickly. I'm ready. You know, almost rushing towards it. You know, rushing towards my demise, so to speak. Pull up next to him. He pull out. Sometimes I won't pull up next to him. I mean, if that's the only open parking spot, I'm not going to not park there. You know what I mean? So it's not like I'm intentionally going next to him, but I'm just going where I, I, I can park. You know? But I noticed his uncomfortability. You know what I mean? And then one time he was coming out, he was trying to act hard. He tripped on his own foot. And I made sure I didn't laugh. I made sure I didn't judge him. 
because I know what he's going through now. I know how God worked because God done it to me. You know what I mean? I couldn't tell you how many times I, I was acting a fool and I tripped over my own feet. You know what I'm saying? So I know how it feels to be embarrassed in that moment. And not only did he trip on his own feet, he tried to brush it off and be prideful. Like, uh, uh you know, that's nothing, you know, like whatever. And then he, he, he couldn't open his car door and he almost stumbled getting into his car. So I'm like, cool, God working on him. That's all I want. That's all I want. God, you put the pressure you putting on me, put it on them too. You know what I mean? Let, if, if, if they're breathing for a reason, they're your creation. You love them, cool. I don't want no. I don't want no smoke with nobody. Anyways, you want me to love my neighbor. You want me to love everybody. That's what I want. I didn't want no problems with none of these dudes to begin with. Period. You know what I mean? So we can we can have peace. Let's have peace. So one day I was I was in a, a warehouse. And he was ringing the doorbell. Now the warehouse got to let you in, but sometimes. We can let sometimes we just let the driver in because the people in the warehouse are busy. So I already knew I'm not going to let him in. You know what I mean? Because I'm being hard headed. I'm being st stubborn and I want the apology. You don't get the apologies from men. Women, I don't know. Some women, you know, they might apologize or whatever. I don't know. Some people do. Some people don't. And, um, the way guys do it, they do it like, hey, man, what's good with you, bro? You know, they act like nothing ever happened. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he came in. He was mad because I guess he wanted me to let him in. But I was already in there because I was mad about something else that was going in, going on with like an order. And I, 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 I wasn't even I wasn't even in a good mood because I was already mad. So now he, here he comes. I know the devil's setting it up. And I'm like, I ain't open the door for him. I'm trying to handle this situation. So I let them let him in and he got mad about it or whatever. And then um, next time I seen him, um, he came in or something like that. And then uh, he said, what's up to me? And I was just like, yeah, what's up? And I walked out. All right, I got to cut this short because now I'm just talking like you my best friend. And <laughs> we've been on a hour, couple hour long conversation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But. Uh, so, um, yeah, but the, the, the moral of this whole thing is, is that, you know, God is working and we may not always see it right away. You know what I mean? Patience is a virtue. And, um, you know, God obviously is working those situations out because the one with that dude is cool now at the, at the one location and with this dude, it seemed like it's dying down. You know what I mean? Like, I know he don't want no smoke. Like, he don't want no problems. And I had to remind myself, I never wanted a problem anyways until he created the problem. I was happy to oblige. You know what I'm saying? But I can't be like that. You know what I mean? I know the Lord doesn't want me to be like that. And honestly, I just rather not deal with people because I think that's the most uncomfortable thing is when there's a confrontation, being forced to try to make amends immediately. And that's what God says, you know, before the sun goes down, you know, make amends with whoever you had the issue with. But things don't always work like that. Like some things are hit and miss. Like you see somebody at 1 p.m., you know, the next time you see them at like 8 o'clock or something, they could be leaving right as you're showing up. You know what I mean? So sometimes you don't always have the opportunity to to to. Make amends with someone before the sun go down. And it's really difficult. It's really, really, really difficult. It's so difficult.
You know what I mean? Because that energy is so strong. You know what I mean? Because the demonic energy is so strong. So, I pray about it. I ask God for forgiveness. You know what I mean? But, dealing with somebody that you have a negative situation with, it's really dependent on them as well. You know what I mean? Like, you can say what you want to say, but chances are that something, you're not going to receive the feedback that you were hoping to receive. You know what I mean? So those situations are tough. I've done them before. You know, I've, I've tried to do what God says and, you know, like, well, yeah, it wouldn't happen if you didn't do this and you didn't do that. And it's like always you. And then sometimes you just, even though that's not really what happened, Sometimes I'm just like, okay, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so yeah, but you're not really sorry. If you, you know, and it's just like, they, sometimes they just won't let you make amends. They won't let you do it. And so to avoid that, I just avoid them altogether. You know what I mean? And I know God probably doesn't want it that way. You know, if he wants you to make amends, obviously, you know, but what can you do? You do what God tell you to do. And that's between them and the Lord. So that's just the way it go. You do what you you uh, what he wants you, want us to do. We do what he wants us to do, and then we pray for them, and hopefully they figure it out. And they start connecting the dots. So yeah, I don't know. I think I'm taking a break from uh, Prophet Patrick Winfrey's channel, and maybe I'll just catch some things on a on a repeat, and see if he's still talking that way. Because if he's not talking that way when I'm when I'm not there, then maybe he was talking about me. And maybe he just doesn't want me on his channel. And that's cool. If you don't want me there, I don't want to be there. I'm not there for him anyways. I'm there for the word. People are probably not on this podcast for me. They're probably here for the word. They're probably here to learn. And that's cool. And that's what it should be. All glory to God. You know what I mean? Because I don't even want to exist. Like, I always say that because it's true. You know what I mean? I just think that, to me, there's a peace in non-existence if it's even a, if it's even feasible, if it's even a possible thing, you know? I would, uh... Alexa, turn off alarm. Yes. So yeah, I know people like don't have Alexa. You know, they, it listens and records your conversations. Okay, well if it's recording that, I mean it's on the podcast anyway, right? I don't live with anybody, so I don't really talk to anybody, and I'm always listening to Jesus stuff, you know. So unless I backslide and I'm sure they probably got some of those things on there too but uh really trying not to backslide you know what I mean it, it is a war I know I know it's dangerous uh like that song said it's like Russian roulette I don't know what my fate is that's honest that really is like I don't know there's a fear of not knowing you know a trembling and not knowing I get it um my life it's not yours so you know you got your own life to worry about you know whether you're gonna make the rapture or not if you believe in it you don't believe in it whatever you know there's gonna be a lot of people that make the rapture that don't believe in it you know but 
the Bible says that we will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So that's that's my definition of the rapture, you know. So caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Uh, hope it happens sooner rather than later. Uh, but really, you know, I've always felt like that's selfish to me. So I just rather I, <laughs> I rather I uh, escape this physical prison of a body that I'm in and can, uh, you know, be with the Lord in heaven. And if I can't, then I just don't want to exist because I don't want to go to hell. So sorry, you know, if that ruffles any feathers or if, you know, people don't like that, you know, but that's just how I feel about it. And I just feel like that's probably what most people would feel like. I mean, who wants to get tortured? Who wants to experience pain? Like, people are unhappy here because of those things already, you know. So, you know, it's weird because <clears throat> a lot of these uh, entrepreneurs, a lot of these successful people, they always say God. But I don't ever really hear them say Jesus, you know, like. If it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be a multi-billionaire and this and that. <clears throat> and it's like, I always be wondering too, like, what are they doing with the wealth? Like, are they spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ? You know? Or do they just really think, like, I don't know, man. I just feel like, man, if I had money, you want to know what I'll do if I had money? Let's say I had... 10 million so let's say somebody gave me 10 million dollars right because i don't know how i would have it but somebody gave me 10 million dollars what would be the first thing i would do i think the first thing that i would do is pray about it right pray pray to god and ask and ask him if i could move forward with uh my promotional campaign you know uh for for jesus and i think um a couple ideas that I had would be um, get some like um, sprinter vans, right? Mm -hmm. And get them wrapped. Get them wrapped with like super dope graphic art of like a biblical timeline. You know what I mean? Like maybe from Genesis to Revelation and just wrap the whole van like with a timeline of, you know, graphic events, important events, because obviously you can't get everything, right? And just have like all these a timeline from Genesis to Revelation, right? Like really good graphic art and 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 put powerful scripture on there, you know? Like highlight the event. Remember Lot's wife, you know? Sodom and Gomorrah, the pillar of salt, you know? And uh, highlight some things in Galatians about Jesus hating the doctrine of the Nicolaitans because they promoted the lukewarm lifestyle and it was... Like Gnosticism, paganism, or whatever, you know what I mean? I don't know if that's entirely accurate, but I feel like there's some truth to that. I don't know if it's... I think Gnosticism was paganism and Christianity mixed together. So I feel like the doctrine of Nicolaitans was Gnosticism, but don't quote me on it. But I would do something like that, and then I would start hiring um, Christians that would want to either travel or I would start hiring Christians in their own area, right? And then I would just set up like these offices, you know, like a small office, just a meeting place where we could meet up, you know, it, it would be, I would just create jobs to spread Christianity, simply put, you know, going door to door, 
spreading the gospel, you know what I mean? Um, people going around, hanging up uh, posters with Jesus stuff on it. And most importantly, I would definitely get this Christian clothing company going to where um, all of my employees would be wearing these Christian, would be wearing Christian clothing with the doctrine on it, the correct doctrine, you know, about once they'd always say being a false doctrine about, you know, the fact that you can lose your salvation, that we're, we're commanded to be, you know, be perfect like our father in heaven is perfect or holy like our father in heaven is perfect. That if we love Jesus, we will obey him, that we should abstain from all appearances of wickedness. Just a real doctrine, you know what I mean? Like, you need to forgive in order to be forgiven. And I'm not just going to promote this lukewarm doctrine that, yeah, I asked Jesus to come into my heart and ask him to save me. And I got baptized and, you know, I'm going to heaven, but, you know, I'm still banging 20 hookers a month and sniffing coke off their booties. And I know that's inappropriate, but you, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, um, see, this is why I can't be a pastor. You know what I mean? Because I'm just rough around the edges, you know what I mean? Pastors are not going to speak this way, you know? Can you imagine a pastor speaking this way? They're definitely called to not speak this way. Like, they're they're called to a higher standard. I know I'm called to a higher standard, but I'm also trying to reach people that do not, that they just believe in Jesus, but they're living a lukewarm lifestyle. You know, I'm trying to reach people that that are not goody-two-shoe Christians or what they think Christians are, you know what I mean? I don't know if I'm a real Christian, I know if I said I was a real Christian, then somebody would get offended by it. What I do know is that um, I wanted the game plan my whole life. I wanted to figure out what life was about. I wanted to know the truth. I was always seeking the truth. I wanted to know what was going on. And I wanted to know if there was going to be a resolution or solution to all the world's problems. And I got that answer. Through Jesus, because he's the way, the truth, and the life. We know that, right? Some of us believe that. Um, of course, my professor the other night was talking about technology will solve everything. Technology is the answer to everything. And I was like, no, it does not answer everything. And only God can solve all of the world's problems. And he chuckled and was like, now we're getting into existentialism. And I'm just thinking like, what am I paying for? Am I paying to... to, to to learn something here or am I paying for your, your, uh, atheistic views? You know what I'm saying? So I had enough of the distraction because like I said, there's distractions everywhere. And obviously people who are not aware of it, they're going to fall into it easier. They're not going to stay the course because they're distracted. You know what I mean? But yeah, back to not being distracted. Right. So I would do that. I would, you know, hire you know, these Christians, and I would just launch campaigns, and I would really do that, I would also pay for billboards, um, with the real doctrine on there, not just, Jesus loves you, like, I don't want to be, I don't want to cut around the edges, I want to, you know, get to, I want to have a billboard with 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11 on there, and let everybody know who will not enter heaven, you know, people that are practicing that lifestyle are not going to enter heaven, that the the imminency of the, the return of Jesus, you know, those were the things that I would try to focus on. Like, I would really try to, you know, cut through all the layers of mental resistance by really focus on the hardcore 
teachings of the gospel, the ones that Jesus was on, and he didn't care what people thought. He wanted to save their souls, and only Jesus could save souls. Like we could, we could do our part, but ultimately it's up to Jesus. So I just want to make sure that you know, if I had the money to do so, I would launch that campaign to do it. Who knows? Somebody may hear this podcast. Maybe they're a multimillionaire, a billionaire. They'll reach out to me. You know what I'm saying? And uh, maybe we can do that project together. Who knows? I don't know how God works, you know, but that would be cool. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I also like to, to, you know, really um, launch like actual spiritual warfare um, training classes like a curriculum or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, obviously, I probably wouldn't be the one to lead, lead or teach those classes, you know. Um, and um, I definitely would want it to be concise. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't like the freestyle type of thing. Like, how I do it, how we all do it. Like, it really would just need to be, like, bulletins. Like, this is A, this is B, this is C, this is D, this is 1, this is 2, this is 3. Like, it would have to really be like that and, you know, expound on it, but make sure you get right back on track. You know what I mean? Like, as soon as you expound on it and maybe have somebody in the classroom to, to make sure that this person is staying on track. And then another person to make sure that the person that's making sure the instructor staying on track, that they're staying on track, you know, which makes me think of Biggie's verse. I got lawyers watching lawyers, so I don't go broke. Sorry. You know, that's the era I grew up in, but it's kind of like the same mentality. You know what I mean? <clears throat> because we have to be militant about this. We have to be, you know, methodical and, and deliberate and, and concise, precise with what we're doing, you know? Um, so that's what I would do if I, if I had the money to do so. Um, I just think I'd be doing what I'm doing on a bigger, bigger scale, you know? Um, I get that some people fumble the ball when they get the bread, you know what I mean? When they get the money. And I'm sure that's entirely possible, you know, for me too. So I think I'd have to have some good mentors around me, you know, some good, um, I would probably hire the dude from the fig tree ministry because he's the most militant guy that I know. Um, David from fig tree ministry. He's the most militant guy I know. I would probably hire him, you know, so if I was a multimillionaire, billionaire, whatever, and <clears throat> I just gave my life to Christ and I knew I had to do something, you know, th this might be going out to the the older multimillionaire that somebody that's listening to this knows, or maybe they're listening to themselves, you know, and uh, they came across this podcast and they're like, you know, I've, I've, I've made all this money and I've done stupid things just by donating to charities. But you know what? I want to take a more hands-on approach. I want to, I, I want to do a project. I like this guy's ideas and maybe that's it. Just take the ideas. I don't need nothing for it. You know what I mean? You want to drop some dollars in the bucket? Cool. I'll take it. You know what I mean? I'll take it a tithe or a donation. It's not like I couldn't use it. I'm just going to use it to do what I'm doing anyway. You know? I need to print up more stickers, so I'm planning on doing that. Um, I want to do more, create more of my own Christian clothing. Everything is just still going to be doing what I'm doing. You know, I'm still going to be doing a podcast. I'm still going to be writing books. I'm still going to be making music. 
I just know that if I was financially free, I could fully focus on all of those things. Really focus on it. The only thing that I would probably be doing for myself is going to the gym and exercising. And I need to do that because I have to, I have to, we, we all have to exercise. That's why gym was part of our class in school. You know what I mean? Like you have to go to gym. So, you know, other than that, um, I, it would just be full force, uh, fulfilling my destiny here, doing what, the, trying to manifest the Lord's will here by spreading the gospel and trying to attack it from all angles. The enemy's attacking us from all angles. We can't trust the oxygen we're breathing. We can't trust what we're drinking. We can't trust where we're eating. Um, so he's attacking us, you know. So I would wage the war, you know what I mean? That's what I'm here for, to wage the war, you know what I mean? And I think I got some good ideas. I think those are all great ideas because everybody has to wear clothes. Everybody has to interact with people. So why not put that doctrine on clothes? People can say something about it on social media. They can go in and leave a nasty comment. Chances of them saying something to you face to face are probably a little bit more slim, but I'm sure that will still happen. I'm sure somebody will have some type of opinion, but uh, they don't got to be around you. You know what I mean? And if they do, oh, well, you know, what do, what do they say? My body, my choice, right? So even though it's not their body, it's the baby's body that they're killing because if it was their body, they'd be dying. But you know what I'm talking about. Um, you know, you choose what clothes you want to wear, you know what I'm saying? So, um, Satan's, Satan's got his hand in, in the clothing industry heavily everywhere you go. There's satanic stuff. You know, I just seen something the other day where it said, uh, it was a shirt that says something about satanic television or some, some kids were watching a TV. That's, that's what the image was on the shirt. And it had a pentagram on the side of the television and they're selling it as clothing. So, and it isn't just that. I mean, it's everywhere. It could be your tag, the tag to your shirt, you know. That's why Paneo and Gandhi's YouTube channel was, or now it's Paneo Eternal, P-E-N-I-E-L, Eternal. Um, I'm probably going to start posting some more his stuff. I don't know why I haven't been getting anything of his popping up in my feed. But I know him and the Fig Tree Ministry is tough to listen to when you're living a lukewarm lifestyle. So, I know for the Fig Tree channel, he's, all, he's always asking for a fast. Like, people are, it's just so much fasting, man. Like, I just get burnt out with it sometimes. And if the whole episode is about fasting, um... I'm already fasting, you know what I mean? So, like, if I'm already fasting, like, I don't want to hear about fast. I am fasting, so cool. That's for somebody else, because I'm fasting, you know what I mean? But, whatever. Um, I know what I got to do to overcome the enemy, and I'm doing it. And I, I am fasting every day. Got to go soon. Um, but, yeah. Um, I got to go. But that's what I would do if I had the money. We all have money. Anybody can go to canva.com, C-A-N-V-A.com and design um, a graphic and then go to like a company that prints stickers. Look it up on Google, you know, print stickers, 5,000 stickers for $50 is how I got started into it. I don't know if that deal's still going on, but it was a great deal. 
they were like two by two, like two two inches by two inches, I think. Stickers like five thousand for fifty something dollars or something like that. Now, I mean, you gotta you gotta shop for them because now they'll try to do like a thousand for that much or something. Sometimes they might only give you a hundred for that, so you really gotta look, just pray about it. Um, and it all depends on the size too. So the smaller, the better, but it's also harder to read. So if you are going to do like a smaller sticker, you just want bigger words, you know, that fill up the sticker. But it's not hard. I mean, you could literally do that off of your phone. And if you listen to this podcast to your phone, you know, why not take out a hundred dollars and make some stickers? Mail them to yourself and start sticking up stickers and spread the gospel. If you are a Christian, you are called to spread the gospel. If not, you're lukewarm. That's my opinion. Somebody may disagree with that. I'm sure there, there's a lot that will. But we're waging a war. And people will die and go to hell. And you will have a discussion with the Lord on maybe why you didn't do something. Why you didn't take the white t-shirt in your closet and write some scriptures on it and, and a Sharpie and wear that. Or take a, a pair of shoes and write some scriptures on your shoes and wear that. You know, unless you want to go door to door spreading the gospel, which I don't feel like a lot of people are excited to go do that. You don't want to stand on the corner with a megaphone preaching the gospel. Why not try to why not try to stick a route? Grassroots promotion. Cause I know in my city I see pentagram stickers, satanic stickers, I see all kinds of demonic stuff everywhere. I seen the Baphomet sticker. The goat dude with the breast assist. Yeah, I seen that st stuck up on light poles. Which means a Satanist or a witch or a warlock or a wizard probably went went and uh Cursed that area and they put up their little stick like a, like gangs tag territories and tag that area like this is Satan's area. And it's very real because they need invitations. These demons need to be invited. Legalities, right? So. Yeah, um, I don't know. We, we all got to do more. That's for sure. And uh, as much as I don't. I know I'm going to do do what I can do with what I got regardless. And if I had more financial security, I would just do that more. Whether anybody believes me or not, I really don't care because I know God knows because I'm already doing it. I don't know if I told you. It was like average like $450 a month profit last year. It hasn't changed. You know what I'm saying? So me me spending fifty dollars, a hundred dollars on stickers or a, a hoodie or a shirt, that that's that's a that's like a that's like a third or like twenty five percent of my income, fifty percent of my income. So I don't I don't got to prove nothing to anybody. I mean, look at this podcast. Five years I've been doing this, so I don't need anybody. To judge me and point the finger at me. You know what I mean? I went in Pastor Patrick Winfrey's and I'm like, I know why I'm under demonic attack because the the music I release, the books that I'm writing and sending to the penitentiary system, the stickers that I'm sticking up, the Christian clothing that I'm wearing, 
the podcast, the social media. Bling, 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 bling. I don't want to go to hell. God said, hey, you know, I want you to spread the gospel. Cool. Roger that. Time to go to work. That's me, though. You know what I mean? Did I backslide with pornography? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did that. Do I regret it? Yeah. It's disgusting. It's filthy. It's nasty. For sure. I don't care about that stuff. I don't care about women, for real. Like, I know the real me when it's me. You know, when I'm demon free, how I'm feeling right now, like, yeah, I'm cool. I don't even want to think about it because it's a portal. It's it's like a vacuum. It tries to suck you into it, suck you into that world, start thinking about all that stuff. I don't want to do that. I want to be free of that stuff. I want to be light, happy. I want to be skipping and chasing butterflies. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever. Like, I just... I don't want the drama in my life. I don't want negativity. I don't want any demonic attacks. I want to be free from all that. The true me really wants that. Now, once I get pulled into those things, then I don't want the gospel and I don't want the truth. And I I want to be in, in that. You know what I mean? That song, you know what I mean? That was during a low point. And that's how this life is, man. It's a roller coaster ride. Valleys and mountains, highs and lows, you know, and that's what drives me crazy. You know, Jesus told Thomas, Thomas was like, what's life all about? He said, movement and repose, red light, green light, stop and go. You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't don't want to deal with the negativity no more. You know what I'm saying? So. It is what it is. I know as soon as I step out my apartment today, let the games begin. Right? Even the other night when I was trying to go to bed, I'm just like, man, my mind was going crazy. And I'm like, you know, I had to tell myself, I'm like, this, this is the time of day that I appreciate the most. Going to sleep. Getting some rest. So I can just block out everything. And I'm like, Lord, please just clear my mind. Help me go to sleep quickly. Please, Lord, please. She said that prayer before I drifted off to sleep. You know what I mean? I'm always asking God to sleep and not dream, you know, because, you know, I'm wore out from this dream. You know, I have these vivid, lucid dreams or whatever. I wake up and then I do this podcast and then my whole day I'm already drained. I got a meeting at 11.30. I may just do that and go back to sleep. You know what I'm saying? Because I need energy. Like I need energy to to go out into the world and deal with the world. And um, fasting doesn't help. You know what I mean? I guess it's supposed to help. It helps spiritually. Physically, uh, I just get irritable, man. I get irritable when I don't eat. Honestly, I'm looking forward to like having a nice breakfast maybe next month. But, you know, since I'm coming off of a backslide, like I got to got to fast to get out of it, you know what I mean? So, I already know what the rest of this month is going to entail. Just a lot of fasting to build up my spiritual self, I guess. 
weird. I heard a weird noise. I don't know where it came from. But, um, yeah, um, I'm out because I've been talking for a long time. So, yeah, man, I, I, I pray. Let me just say a prayer. Dear Heaven, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, Yahuwah. Thy kingdom arrive, thy will will thrive on earth as it does in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the power, the glory, and the kingdom. Father, I just come into your courts in the third heaven, and I just beg you for your forgiveness. I'm sorry I'm an idiot. I'm sorry that I make all these mistakes. I'm sorry I'm so wishy-washy. I'm sorry I'm not the way that other people expect me to be. I'm sorry I'm not the way that you want me to be. I'm just sorry. I'm just sorry, Lord. And, you know, I tell you, I don't want to exist all the time because... I'm tired of dealing with myself, you know, so I get it, you know, I get people don't want, want, want me to be around, I get, you know, pastors and YouTube channels that are doing Bible studies or whatever, they might not want me in their chat groups, I get it, Lord, because I don't want to deal with me, you know what I mean, the only reason I'm here is because you want me here, so I guess I'm here because of you, Lord, you know what I mean, I'm guessing. I'm still breathing and existing because of you. Because if it was up to me, it's a wrap. I don't want to. I don't want to participate or exist, Lord. You know, it's just uh, it's overwhelming. It's a lot of pressure. You know, and um, I'm beyond exhausted. I'm beyond wore out. Um, I, I'm beyond beyond. Like there's no words to even describe. You know how spent I am. You know, but I am, I am spent, uh, and, um, I'm just tired of the distractions, Lord, I'm just tired of the devil, so please just break off all the devil's assignments against my life and all the listeners' lives of this podcast, just please keep us away from distractions, keep us focused on your word, help me to post the correct content for this podcast for those that are listening, Pray for everybody who's listening to to really take the initiative to go do something, you know, design a shirt, design a jacket, a jacket you'll wear more than a shirt, you know, design some shoes, design some stickers, do something to share the real doctrine, you know, do something to share the real doctrine. Don't, I just, I don't want people to be taking a lukewarm approach to this Lord. I want people to be on fire and post a controversial scripture. Do that. Post post 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 9 through 11, you know. Post something to plant a seed, Lord, so people know that hell is real and that any of us can end up there, you know. Even pastors, even you know, Christians, even believers, you know, whatever. All of us um, are on a tightrope, Lord, whether we know it or not. And, uh, you know, like you said, the, the road, the road to hell is, uh, it's a wide road to hell, whatever, you know, so please forgive me, Lord, please give me spiritual coffee. Um, please give me energy. Please give me the strength to go through today, Lord. I'm so tired, Lord. I'm so tired. So I just need help. Just pray for 
protection over my job, my finances. I really, really, really need some help with my finances, Lord. So please, can you please help me find some type of passive income, something, Lord, that uh, <clears throat> that is not dependent on me to turn a profit. Just something that can go by itself, Lord. Um, I need help, Lord. You know, I just need help. You know what I would do if um, I didn't have to work so much. You know, if I had a passive income, you know, but whatever, Lord, it's your will. It's just, I just pray that your will be done. And I pray that I'm able to do the job that you want me to do successfully, Lord. Um, I definitely feel like a slave, you know, which sucks. Because um, I'm tired. I'm a tired slave, Lord. So I just pray for your intervention. I just pray that you manifest your will in everybody's lives, Lord, the way that you see fit. And um, I just pray people start spending their money on spreading the gospel, Lord. Ultimately, that's what I do pray. Um, even if they feel like a hypocrite, you know, even if they feel like they're not living that way now, set the parameters, you know, put the rules in place and you will fall into it. I know when I put all these scriptures on my car, I was holding myself to a higher standard. So when situations arise in traffic, I couldn't react the way I normally would react because I had Bible scripture on my car and I knew that I had to live up to a certain reputation, you know. Maybe if I was a pastor, then I, I wouldn't speak so stupidly the way I speak now, Lord. I don't know. I'm guessing that's probably the way it would be. You know what I mean? But you came for the sinners. You said that yourself. You came for the sinners, you know. None are righteous. We know that. But some people don't live in sin uh, like others do, you know. Some people ain't smoking meth every day or smoking crack, sniffing coke, shooting heroin. You know, some people ain't robbing people. Some people ain't running scams every day. Some people aren't doing those things, you know. But I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying right now, Lord. I just pray that we all don't go to hell. I pray that you intervene in our lives in a way that prevents anybody from going to hell. I don't want to go to hell. I know nobody wants to go to hell. Hell sucks. Nobody wants to be left behind. This place sucks. Um, so, yeah, we just pray for better days in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, yeah, Lord, please equip us with the full armor of God. Heavenly garments of praise and vengeance, the belt of truth to gird our loins with, the sandals of peace, equipped with the readiness, the breastplate of righteousness, the heavenly oils of joy and gladness, the seven heavenly crowns that we will return to you. If we make it to heaven, the helmets of salvation, the shields of faith, the sword of the spirit, the cloak of zeal, sealed with the bond of perfectness as we put on charity and we close out the armor prayer, Lord, with the 23rd Psalm. Just ask that you comfort us, guide us, and remove all fear from us as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. In Jesus' name and Yahushua's name we pray. Amen.